Revolution. Welcome to Genomics Revolution. This is Hannah Mann from the 2019 Hiram College Genetics course, hosting this episode on Bucknera aphidicola, subspecies Acerocyphon pisum, or Bucknera sp APS. Named after Paul Buckner, a pioneer in the field of symbiotic microbiology of sap-sucking insects, Bucknera spaps is a type of microbe found in the gut of P. aphids. The endosymbiotic relationship between these two organisms goes back over 160 million years and is tied to the creation of five essential amino acids that the two organisms share. The P. aphids maintain this relationship by passing the bacteria through their eggs using a cell called a bacteriocyte. The bacteriocyte is really where the study of Bucknera fidicola begins. In 1858, Thomas Huxley was describing an organ-like structure called a mycetoma, a collection of bacteriocyte cells in an organ-like structure. Huxley thought that this mycetoma only contained granules of yolk material used for the aphid eggs, but in 1910, Pierre and Tony and Sewell disproved this idea and showed that the granules were Bucknera microorganisms. Paul Buckner entered the scene in the early 20th century alongside Pierre and Tony and Sewell and furthered the understanding of the aphid Bucknera symbiosis. Using electron microscopy, Buckner discovered that the bacteriocytes housed the Bucknera cells in its cytoplasm and that there are three membranes that separate the Bucknera from the bacteriocyte an inner and outer gram-negative membrane, and a third that envelops the Bucknera cell, known as the symbiosomal membrane that is created by the aphid. In addition to structural elements, Buckner theorized the nutrient relationship of the symbionts, meaning he believed that the aphids and the bacteria supplied each other with amino acids that the other couldn't make on their own. These theories were later confirmed by a series of diet assays, aposymbiotic aphids, meaning that they separated the bacteria from the aphids, and the whole genome sequencing from the 1960s to the 1990s. The genome of the Bucknera spaps was sequenced using whole genome random shotgun sequencing, a method which uses a library of the bacteriocytes containing the Bucknera that have been sheared into random fragments, blunted, and subjected to multiple rounds of sequencing and fragmentation to obtain a reading. The result of the sequencing revealed that the genome consisted of one circular chromosome of 640,861 base pairs of size and two circular plasmids, the P. leucine plasmid of 7,786 base pair size and seven open reading frames containing the leucine ABCD operon and the P. trip plasmid that contains at least two tandem repeats of the trip EG operon that generates 12 to 16 copies of tryptophan for the host. The Bucknera genome codes for 574 protein genes and 36 RNA genes. Of these genes, 55 genes are used to code nutrients for the host. Interestingly enough, while the Bucknera contains so many nutrient-based genes, it lacks many genes needed to synthesize structural lipids for its membranes. These elements are provided to the bacteria by the host and further cement the endosymbiotic relationship. All of this information is well and good. But what exactly are we trying to learn from these gut buddies? Why is this important to us? By diving deeper into the Bucknera and P. aphid relationship, we have the potential to learn how co-adaptive evolution occurs and how to separate endosymbionts in ways that could affect 
our work in gene transfers and protein synthesis. Recent studies in weevils found that endosymbionts would leave the bacteriocytes when antimicrobial genes responsible for symbiont growth and transmission were silenced. Aside from these mechanisms, we can learn a bit more about eukaryotes by studying these endosymbiotic relationships. Think back to introductory biology and the endosymbiotic theory. It is believed that organelles of our cells and other eukaryotes evolved from bacterial cells that formed similar endosymbiotic relationships to that of the aphid and the bucknera. By studying the aphid and bucknera, we can see how two species adapt to each other and supply the essential products of life. Now, these are just my thoughts on why I think these discoveries are important, but think about how much further we could push our knowledge of the human body if we understood our organelles or bacterial relationships better, like in areas of mitochondrial mutations or protein mutations. If we can figure out how other organisms share and separately synthesize essential proteins, perhaps we can apply similar systems and health treatments to compensate for these mutations. If we keep furthering our base knowledge, who knows what we could learn or tools that we can develop? After all, CRISPR came from yogurt bacteria and now it's being used to modify the human genome. Perhaps diabetes treatments could come from the mechanisms of the endosymbionts that would allow us to synthesize insulin outside of the pancreas. While P. aphids and their gut buddies seem insignificant in the scope of human knowledge, what lies in the stomach could be a key to a world of new possibilities. Thank you for listening to Genomics Revolution. This is Hannah Mann, signing off.